Hello, friends and enemies. It's Friday, March 20th, and you're listening to your favorite podcast about headlines, jokes, and the end of the world. This is Quarantine Live. All right, I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope morale is still high, as high as it was yesterday anyway. Um, I'm still alive and healthy, and we're going to jump right into my updates for the day. I hope all of you are well, but there's no time to waste anymore, okay? It's all ending. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a cough, a sore throat, a fever, a runny nose, nothing. I feel 100% in good health. Um, the only thing um, preventing me from being in good health is this little um, water that I'm drinking. But I hear that red water water is good for the heart, but not for the liver. So we're excited to move forward with today's episode and updates. Um, let's jump right into the important update, uh, which is the numbers. So the CDC website, this is for the U.S., has had cases now at 15,219. That's up 10,000 cases, almost 10,000 cases from yesterday. And um, the deaths up to 201, which is up uh, 104. The world cases 272,068 with deaths um, now up to 11,300, so above 10,000. Now, of course, every time I say these numbers, they're not funny. This isn't a funny part of the segment. They get um, more and more startling each time. But the idea of the podcast is to kind of find some levity in what's happening in the world. And you know what? I'll touch on that a bit later. Today, I stood outside. I walked outside and stood outside and took a look around, and, and I... I need to urge you all to get outdoors, even that, even though all this is happening. Please go outside and look at the outside world and stand in the sun for a little bit, because I know we're all going to have vitamin D deficiencies after all this blows over, if all of this blows over. Let's start talking realistically, okay? Uh, is anyone else worried? I think I'm getting there now. I don't know what's going to come in the coming weeks, months, years after this, but I think we're going to start talking and pre-COVID terms and post-COVID terms, so before corona and after corona, which would be BC, and that's not going to work. Um, I just thought I would let everyone to know everyone to know that um, speech is failing me, and I don't think it will ever come back, so that's something I'm coping with, but I thought everyone should know that I worked on my taxes today, because even though uh, the HST and personal income tax deadline has moved, the uh, company income tax deadline, so for my production company, has not moved, sorry, for HST, rather, and so I do have to sit at a computer and look at all the money I used to make and uh, all the money I spend, and hopefully I get a return this year. All I can say is I hope I made no money last year, and I can assure you I did not. Um, I thought I would let you know what I'm working on. Also, I think it's important to, you know, stay working and and staying creative, so of course I'm doing the podcast daily, Um, but I'm also um, working on some shows. When I was in New York City, I was in development for some pretty exciting stuff. There was a show uh, that I they wanted to develop for Speakeasy um, in New York, in Chelsea. And so I started developing a Speakeasy show with my friend Eric Hu and my roommate Jeevan Gandhi. And we, we started putting ideas together for what this show might look like. And we actually have a, a show structure now. So we're able to continue developing these things um, via Skype and FaceTime because that's how we interact now. And I'm also working on um, a burlesque show um, with my friend Tansy. Um, for Dwayne Park, which was supposed to happen on April 22nd. We'll see if that is still a thing. If so, I'll drive down there and I'll, I'll let you know all how that goes. Fingers crossed, don't at me. I know it's not going to happen. Let me just have this one thing, okay? Let me have this. 
working on another magic show with my friends Raven, uh, two aerialists in New York City, um, Kyla and Silvana, and they're so amazing. They used to pull razor blades out of my mouth and tie me up, and it was a great time for all of us. So I'm working on a show with them. And then a uh, cocktail and magic show with my friend Melissa Durfler, who I call the Durf, also in New York City. And and now I'm here, still working on it remotely. So so silver lining to all this. Um, I'm also trying to accept this today, um, the, the new state of affairs and, and the headlines as they continue to, to grow and worsen. You know, as I said before, it's not funny, but we have to find some humor in what's happening at least with all of us being quarantined inside, which is the idea for where this humor comes from. So the, the idea and the humor is from me being bored and quarantined, not from people worldwide losing their lives or having loved ones get sick. Just want to make sure that we all understand that, as it is very important. Um, but now jumping into some levity that comes out of quarantine, what better person to help me do that than my roommate Jason D'Souza, who no, I have still not seen. Um, we went online today to play our 1930s mafia game and all i can say is please suggest us a better game we played with our friend sanjay the three of us and and i guess some 10 year olds in germany i can only assume and it's not fun all i can say it is not it's not fun so i don't know why we're doing it so send us some better games like runescape at this point is looking really good we're still going to have that have a hotel party so stay tuned for when that's going to happen because i really believe um when all of us in the world perish at least we'll have a Habbo Hotel. It's how the it's how the meetings are going to happen in the future. I believe all corporations should start meeting over Habbo Hotel as well. Just a small idea. Invest in Habbo. Uh, Jason is also doing something to keep busy, which he told me this is a thing that only Jason would do. He he's trying to see how moist he can get his skin, and so he's covering himself after his shower, head to toe in baby oil every day, and he's been doing this for four days now. And I asked him. Why on earth would you cover yourself from head to toe in baby oil? And he said, because I want to see how moist my skin can get. And I said, no, I understand that. But why are you covering yourself from head to toe in baby oil? There's oil all over the doorknobs. Don't do that. He's still going to do it. All the power to him. Godspeed, Jason. I hope you live. And I maybe baby oil will be the vaccine for Corona that we didn't know we needed. With that, those are my updates. We're going to jump right into our headlines, so stay tuned. Here are the headlines. It gets harder to joke about them, but I am up to the challenge. What else are we going to do? Headline number one. The governor of New... Headline number one, and I can't even say the headline. Yeah. Headline number one. The governor of New York ordered all non-essential businesses to keep all their workers home. And somehow, liquor stores did not qualify as an essential business. I don't know about you, but Pinot Noir has never felt more essential than right now. Actually, make that tequila, not Pinot Noir. Tequila's never felt more essential. What's that saying that, um, isn't this how we should combat it? There's that saying that's, you know, absinthe makes the lungs grow stronger. Isn't that a thing? I think this would be a much funnier headline if all non-essential business had to stay open. Guess what, Blockbuster? We voted and you get a second chance. Open those doors. Next headline, non-essential gatherings of any size for any reason are banned. This is in New York. Businesses that violate the order will be fined and forced to close. People will not. So no more non-essential gatherings of any size for any reason. So now people can't even join up over a Ouija board to contact their dead relatives. That's so callous. I'm sorry. That's, don't use a Ouija board. No, not, that wasn't the callous part. I was the callous person. D- moving on. What I meant... 
I just was going to repeat my earlier punchline. That's what I should have done. So you mean to tell me me getting blackout behind a Walmart with 500 of my closest friends is somehow non-essential? Come on, New York. Next headline. Mayor de Blasio blamed the president for the looming supply shortage. I blame the president for running for president. Trump said not to worry about the shortage in supply because he checked on Amazon and bronzer is in stock and well. Next headline. Crowds gather at a new test center in Queens. And all I can say is, it looks like there's finally a reason to gather in Queens. You know, crowds in Queens are a lot alike. Everyone in Manhattan is telling me not to spend too much time in them. Next headline. New Jersey's only drive through test center exceeds capacity on its first day. Oh, you know, oh man, I flubbed the punchlines. Okay, we're going to, here we go. <clears throat> all I can say is it looks like there's finally a reason to gather in New Jersey. Crowds in New Jersey are a lot alike. Everyone in Manhattan is telling me not to spend too much time in them. Now I get why this, this is a drive through center in Jersey. Because nobody wants to leave their car parked in Jersey City. Next headline. Soapies is installing plexiglass cashier shields as grocers ramp up protection measures. Isn't being a cashier at Sobeys hard enough? I mean, the only difference between me and the Sobeys cashier is they're employed. The next headline, very hopeful. Prepare for multiple waves of COVID-19 over the next 12 months, military chief tells troops. Good news is, 12 months is exactly how long it's going to take everyone to recover from the inevitable hangover they're going to spiral into after reading the news today. I'm personally more nervous about the hangover I'm going to battle after watching all my friends produce mass amounts of video content. I think COVID stands for the question, can online videos induce death? That's a funny, that's some stellar writing right there. That's that punchline. Cheers to that punchline. Cheers. Raise your glass. Mm. If you don't have a glass of alcohol or water already, now's the time to go get it. Go get that glass. Next headline, Vietnam extends quarantine to all foreign arrivals from March 21st onward. Again, this is probably the second scariest time to travel into Vietnam. Next headline, USA Swimming calls for Tokyo Summer Olympics to be postponed to 2021. And I think I speak for all of us when I say, can we just postpone all of 2020 to 2021? It seems like it's the only thing which hasn't been canceled yet. And those are your headlines for the day. Well, you might uh, see the jokes dwindling down as it gets harder to joke about the headlines, but I honestly was thinking, what else are we going to do? Is this the best thing to do? And what's my personal way to combat this? And, and how can I bring people together over time when we all feel so separate? And as I was thinking about this, my friend David Klein, who hosted the segment in the very first Quarantine Live back in the good old days, sent me a letter. And I've decided to read the letter on the podcast. He said that that would be okay. And I'm going to do it in lieu of story time today because I think it might spark um, some important conversation. And I'm curious to hear other people's thoughts on this matter. So buckle up. We're going to read through the letter. And then I'm going to, I guess, attempt. Well, I'll, I'll see what my thoughts are after reading it. So here we go. Dear Mark, please feel free to share this on your podcast. It's not funny, but it's specific and true. And those are two crucial ingredients for comedy gold. If you had asked me how I felt about COVID-19 a week ago, which in fact you did, in your cozy Upper East Side apartment, beer in hand, I would have made a quippy nihilistic remark. Something something overpopulation, something something we had it coming. And I did. And we laughed. And I went home, changed clothes, and hopped on the downtown one train to serve at my restaurant. My quote-unquote survival job. This was way back in the good old days, last Thursday, when it was expected that one leave his apartment to work in order to survive. Anyway... 
Later that evening, an older couple I was waiting on asked me how old I was. 24 next week, I replied. Oh dear, you are young, but take our word for it. This will all blow over soon. Don't worry. When I took the one train back to my apartment a few hours later, a middle-aged woman with four overflowing grocery bags sat directly across from me, that ominous N95 mask tightly wrapped around her face. She stared at me all the way from 66th to 103rd Street. Then she coughed. I didn't even flinch. This will all blow over soon, don't worry, I thought to myself in comfort. Besides, I had a lot of lines to memorize for an upcoming production of Richard III. That turned out to be my last shift. The restaurant closed two days later under state government mandate. The show buckled some time around there, too. And now I'm writing this from my desk in my childhood bedroom in Toronto. I flew home to Canada with a stop in Las Vegas, but that's a story for another day. And it is now the third day of my family's 14-day self-isolation, Canada's euphemism for elective quarantine. In short, my bourgeois New York artist life is on pause, as is yours, Mark. This is still a letter, remember? I choose that word today, pause, because it makes me feel better. And feeling better has become a priority. No one knows how long it will take for all this to blow over, and that's a fact. But here's what I want you to know, Mark, my dear friend. I considered myself to be psychologically resilient. My internal motor is reliable and quite constant. Yet after only one week of living in these uncertain times of drastic change, I feel that resilience slipping away prematurely. I ranted for 20 minutes this morning to my parents in nothing but boxer briefs and a frayed towel draped over my shoulders about how ridiculous my community of artists is being. Thousands more will die this month, but don't fret. Jimmy is going on Instagram Live to test out his new coronavirus stand-up set. Brooke is in the best shape of her life, hashtag quarantine body. Kevin just finished his feature-length screenplay. Lisa is selling haikus for 10 bucks a pop. And Christine is just loving all this time to heal and breathe and watch How I Met Your Mother from start to finish for the seventh fucking time. Oh, and by the way, check out, insert name of friend here's new goddamn end of the world podcast. It's so original. Wow. Sorry, Mark. But also, fuck you, Mark. You see, I'm struggling to reconcile my typically self-resilient ways with my newfound paralysis. My trusty motivating motor is shorting, and the creep of dread, fear, and powerlessness is invading the fortress of my mind. Oh, how poetic. While many are in denial, browse your social media feeds for proof, I've grown hostile and resentful over these past few days. Thousands more will die this month. We don't need virus-themed bingo, or virtual happy hour, or mediocre poems that cost actual money, or GoFundMe campaigns to reimburse film school tuition, or self-tape classes, or podcasts about the end of the world. We need more masks. We need test kits. We need groceries. We need reliable information. And that's a fact. I thrive with structure and control, and this past week, most of that was taken away from me. My New York life is on pause, but I need to keep living, keep thinking, keep writing, keep exercising, keep making jokes, keep connecting, even if through virtual means. And the words of that TikTok song we've grown to love, get ready for a full 180 mark. The truth is that writing this letter has made me feel a whole lot better. In an hour, most of the shit I've been whining about has loosened its grip on me. I can feel the motor starting to spin, deep down inside, revving up, despite the treacherous road ahead. Takes a deep breath. Can letters have stage directions? Why the fuck not? Maybe I just needed to speak my mind. Not only for other people, but for myself. Ideas are less scary once they're on the page. I'm a performer. It's in my blood. And I need to get my thoughts out there somehow. So, fuck me too. I guess you were right to create an outlet for your thoughts. I was just jealous. Good luck with the podcast, my friend. It's what we need. And that's a fact. Sincerely yours, David. Okay, if you're still here, that was a lot. Um, but it's important to think about, besides the fact that David is clearly losing his mind. Uh, I say that tongue firmly in cheek. 
I think what we spoke about there, um, well, what David spoke about there is interesting and something to consider, and it kind of slowed my role in terms of what I've been doing here, which is setting up my notepad and writing out an episode for about an hour, and then recording it for about an hour, and then editing it for another hour, and then posting it. And I do this every day, and it takes up actually a good chunk of my time, so somehow I continue to feel busy, and I think that's important for myself to move forward. But my thoughts towards David were this, and you can let me know if you agree, and I think there's good points made in both, and I honestly don't disagree with anything that David said. But my thoughts are, yes, people are dying. Thousands more will, if not millions. This is a pandemic. But when the Twin Towers went down, David Letterman said, America will never laugh again. And that isn't true. We will laugh. We have to. It's human. It's important not to undermine the gravity of the situation, yes. But I also want to outline that helplessness is a privilege. When you're on the battlefield, you don't get to feel helpless if you want to live. You have to fight. If you're diagnosed with COVID-19, you don't get to feel helpless if you want to live. You have to fight. So from our cozy bedrooms, we can sit and feel helpless, or we can fight. And I know what you're thinking, this doesn't help at all, making live streams doesn't help, we need political action, we need frontline workers, and all of that is true. But I didn't become a frontline worker or a politician, I became an artist. And I remember thinking one time when all of us met at David's place for this artist meeting for a new artist collective we were starting called Lester, there was people talking and they were saying, how do we change policy with this art? How do we change policy with our art? And it frustrated me because the answer is we don't. Politicians change policy. It's our job to make art and tell stories in hopes that we spark conversation and maybe, yes, even action. But if it's action that you want, then get out there and get active. Don't write a play. And so I know it's a very small thing that I'm doing this podcast, and I know it doesn't scratch the surface or, or bring back the dead, but helplessness is a privilege. And if you want to live, you have to fight. And this is how I'm fighting. It reminds me of the message that Doug sent a couple days ago when he said, I know I sent you this thing and it's not funny, it's sad. And you don't have to use it, but I'm writing it to you because your podcast makes it go away for a little while. And I'm not trying to say this podcast makes it go away for people. It's escapism or whatever. Whatever. It's just something. It's something that we're doing here. And it, it starts us talking. And it, it made David send me that letter. And it made me talk to you about it. Um, this is the funniest episode we've recorded thus far. I'm going to make it a little funnier by just um, downing the rest of this water. Mm. Okay. This should get much more interesting. And what's important to remember is that when everything shuts down, people have nowhere to go, yes? So what do they do when they're lo locked inside? They turn to artists. They watch TV. They do watch the live streams. They do read. They do listen to music. And they do read poetry. And they listen to this podcast. So I, I sent David a message and I said, Remember, David, when people have nothing to do, they turn to artists. And that's what they have now. So let's fill those ears with something that matters my jokes <laughs> but you let me know what you think um there's a nice little back and forth for us we have the privilege of being able to do that and and yes the news is crazy and things are continuing to happen out there which make us feel helpless but let's battle that feeling and make jokes about the headlines in the world i don't know what i'm trying to say um that was almost oh man sincerity 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 since speaking let me start a podcast and not know how to talk. Sincerity is my forte as well as subtlety. Um, we're going to move on to some other stories um, that I wanted to talk about. And one of them, which which is important um, and, and also not that funny, but but it, personal to, to me and my friends is Jason 
who we talked about covering himself in baby oil. His mother sent me a story um, about his sister, and we spoke about it a little bit. Uh, his sister, um, Karina, is went on a trip to Honduras, um, and she's stuck there right now. So Trudeau said to everyone, our prime minister said, everyone come back home, and she booked a flight home. And at 9 p.m. the night before, she moved a flight to come home earlier, but at 9 p.m. the night before, they said, no more travel, the borders are closed. Not for non-essential travel, just for anyone. So they tried to go to the airport and still get on the flight, but they wouldn't even let them into the airport. And so Karina is stuck in Honduras right now and with no way to get back. And her mother has tried to contact the embassy and the embassy doesn't seem to be doing anything. There's kind of just this cyclical thing which is happening, which is the embassy says you, you got to call to the Honduras and, and the air, air lines and see if you can get her back. Um, and they say talk to the embassy and there's just no support for repatriation for people who are stuck right now. So it's one thing to be stuck in the U.S. I'm so glad I got home, but Karina's unfortunately still stuck there. And there's not really anything funny to say about that either. Um, there's just real issues that are popping up for people and the people that are close to us. And, and the people that are close to us will most likely get sick also. And so it's really important to be supportive and be there for them and, and keep reaching out and, and keep reaching out digitally and, and being ready for when all of this does end because it will end one day i promise and you can trust me because i record a podcast from my childhood home in oakville ontario i'm not going to talk about my last sort of not funny interesting should i do or should i don't sort of thing and that is the the car crash that i witnessed the the accident i don't know i don't know what to talk about the accident that i witnessed in toronto with the person who who emailed me and asked me to contact them, and I got overwhelming answers that said, do not contact him, we do not trust the situation. I, of course, am too curious to let this go, so I sent him an email and said, what did you want to talk about? When do you have time to talk? So I'm just interested. What if he wants to send me a cash prize or something? I shouldn't be talking about this on my podcast. I can't help myself. I'm gonna, this is it for me. This virus is going to get me one way or another, whether it's the virus itself financially or the curiosity that stems from this leading me to get into mafia. I, I can't talk. It's done. It's done. We're moving on. Um, now to get a little more light um, and supportive of all the friends around us before we get into Kara's message, which I'm sure will tickle us all. Um, there's a lot of watch parties going on on Facebook, and, and I'm not as jaded as David is about it. Um, the amount of art that I see pouring onto my feed from people who I love it's kind of amazing. I mean, we have this digital platform, which I don't believe has been fully realized yet by anybody. And now with so many artists around the world pouring their stuff into it, yes, I mean, it gets oversaturated, but I get to see what everyone's up to. And through that, something beautiful is going to be created. So please just keep doing that. Please pouring your stuff out there and please giving me something to watch because I definitely do appreciate it. Uh, don't start um, a Quarantine Live podcast. That's my name. Um, Keith Brown, my friend and magician, um, like me, has so much video footage of him performing in different venues. And he said, "Would you? who would want to see me just like start to release this footage? And I think it's a great idea. So um, if you don't, go to absolutemagic.com uh, um, or just Google Keith Brown Magician uh, Toronto or London and you should be able to find him. I believe his Instagram is at Keith Brown. And should I check? Mm -hmm. I'll link it. I'll link it on the website, my website, markclearview.com slash podcast. I will link it there. 
Um, and I thought, what a, sh- this is a good idea. Should I start releasing videos of my stuff also? And I'm curious to hear what you think. I'm working on um, a vlog about my time in L.A., at the Magic Castle right now, and then I'm debating whether I should release the full castle performance because I never release my full performances. So you let me know what you think about that. Uh, my dear friend Scott Hamill, who I'm going to try to call tomorrow on the podcast, has started his podcast now. Actually, he was planning on doing it for a while, but it, it's finally up online. It is called a stuntman. There's more to the title. It is called a stuntman's guide to being calm. That's not true. It is called A Stuntman's Guide to Staying Calm. And uh, this is definitely helping me stay calm, but it's not helping me talk. And Scott doesn't actually drink or do drugs or eat meat because he's a vegan. Um, But he is a motivational speaker and magician and stunt artist. And he is very good at relaxing through, you know, times which might make all of us feel very anxious and upset like right now. So it's really a good time to go over there and check out some of the episodes. They're way shorter than mine. Um, they're like 10 to 20 minutes and you can just, or even like five, you can listen to them before bed and relax. And I've listened to a couple of them and it really does work. So go check out A Stuntman's Guide to Staying Calm by Scott Hamill. Um, that's it for me. So I got to do one more thing before we go. And I think you know what it is. It's time for Texts from Kara. Thanks so much to Jeevan Gandhi for that music. What an amazing composer. I think we're sticking with that. So here we go. I said, Kara, you know what to do. She said, what's my deadline? Drunk in the park right now, practicing social distancing with a girl that we're thinking of hooking up with. (laughs) When this is all over, so probably in four months. I said, can I share that on the podcast? She said, share away. I have no standards. Today I started my let's learn a new skill portion of quarantine. My friend and beatboxer extraordinaire Butterscotch posted a tutorial of the basics of beatboxing online, and since I had nothing better to do, I decided to give it a try. Lesson one starts with saying boots and cats repeatedly to create a beat. I'm going to show you what all that is. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats, like, like that, but probably way better. I tried this over and over for about 30 minutes, but all I succeeded in doing was accidentally spinning everywhere and annoying the household. On my walk outside, I passed about a thousand frustrated runners and one homeless man taking a piss in broad daylight. It's nice to know that some parts of NYC never change in these trying times. You know that weird tango you do on the sidewalk when you try to pass each other, but you both go the same way to get around each other and then again and again? I did that, but with a pigeon. On my walk back, a cocktail bar on our block was giving away a case of eggs since they are permanently closed now, and we obviously can't pass up free food. So now we have 48 eggs in our refrigerator and have to figure out what the hell to do with them. 48. So far, we've made pisco sours, egg salad, and quiche. My cholesterol will be shot in two more days. Now we're drinking beers in the park after playing some frisbee and on a date with another girl. I'm kind of ignoring both of them while I write this. Dating and social distancing time is weird because you sit at two different picnic tables and plan to pick up the physical aspect in a few months. We'll let you know how that works out. I'm drunk. Sorry for typos. Also, I can't social distance myself from dogs. I've pet all of the puppies. Fuck. If that's how I go down, it's worth it. Also, egg update. Not that anyone fucking cares. We're making a pavlova tonight. And that is what Kara did today. Um, I think that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Tomorrow, there will be a news story. I haven't decided which one I'm going to tell yet. I just wanted to get this out there and give you a chance to listen to it, hopefully a little earlier tonight. Let me know what you're thinking about them. Let me know how you're coping. And let me know your thoughts on David's letter and um, 
anything that that brings up inside of you. Uh, the podcast is getting real now, everyone. It's taking a twist. We're getting confrontational. So let's let's lean into it. Let it be known that Mark Clearview does not shy away from divisive topics, especially on his podcast, Quarantine Live. This has been Quarantine Live, day number five, and I look forward to talking to all of you tomorrow. Good night.